Hello and welcome back to the Muscle Engineer Podcast. I am, as always, your host, Sotak Andre, and you're listening to episode 34, which is also going to be the last part of uh, my recent conversation with Lyle McDonald. So if you haven't listened to the two previous parts, I would recommend to pause this and go back to those, or if you can actually listen to those two after this one because it doesn't really have connection this one is a a separate um, topic and speaking of uh, that today's episode is gonna be all about a singular focus and that is probably one of women's biggest uh, nightmares and that's cellulite so um, like I mentioned in um, the episode itself I also have female clients who I train who are very very worried about uh, cellulite they are worried about what food choices they are going to make in order to avoid it or to not make it worse and that kind of stuff so in this um, shorter episode Lyle McDonald is going to dive into the uh, physiology of cellulite what it is how it's uh, created and potential ways we can mitigate it or can we stay tuned and find out the answer to that question with Lyle McDonald. I want to cover cellulite because yes. that's something I promised uh, a couple of my okay. clients and some women at my gym that I will ask you because they are desperate about it. Yeah. And uh, I have a couple of young women. Uh, either uh, One of them is 29, so I guess, I don't know. I think she's still young, but whatever. Another one is like 22, and they are both... Uh, they will both need to gain like muscle. They're trying to gain muscle, but they're afraid of eating. Basically, the typical um, underweight slash skinny woman who is not eating sufficient uh, calories, uh, doesn't want to eat quote-unquote junk or high-carb or high-sugar foods, but can't eat sufficient amounts of calories from clean foods, but according to her descriptions. So we are in a big dilemma. And one of the reasons why they won't do that is because they're afraid that sugar will cause them to put on satellites so oh yeah i've heard oh my goodness the number of ridiculous things i've heard in that this was years ago one of my first training jobs and uh someone they used to i would read the women's magazines just because they were funny and one of them there was an article that said that that either cellulite or, or maybe just women's thigh fat in general that it was caused by carbonated drinks and when you drank carbonated <laughs> drinks the bubbles would trap fat in your fat cells and this was just awesome like it's just like you have got to be kidding me yeah, that was that. And, and there is like there's, you know, sort of there's a lot of that stuff floating around. It's like there's a lot of that stuff floating. OK, so I I'd look at some notes and actually looked into some. There's been some newer stuff since I talked about it very briefly in the women's book. So the French, who have always been obsessed with body fat, they actually coined the term cellulite 150 years ago. Like that was the first it had different names that I won't bother with. To kind of describe, you know, that dimpling or puckering that occurs in the body fat, right? Like, uh, I'll, I'll give a uh, sort of describe it in a second that anybody who's not clear on what it looks like. like so, like, normal body fat, if you look at it, it's fairly smooth, right? Soft, to the, well, it can vary from being soft, typically a little bit hard to the touch. Cool, because it doesn't have great blood supply. Cellulite tends to have sort of a rough, dimpled... Uh, type of, of visual look and also, you know, texture to it. Um, I'm trying to think 
what would be a good example of that? And I can't really think of one. But I think pe- most people listening is probably at least know. Yeah, they can just Google an image. And- yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, there's ton- there's tons of it out there. Um, so it, it is almost, it can occur technically in any area of body fat, but it is almost, you know, it's predominantly in the lower body for women, typically, you know, glutes, upper hamstrings. It, it can happen on the front of the front of the thigh. Um it is very much gender-based, and a statistic I came across, uh, it will occur in 85% of women over 20, basically after puberty, and it essentially never occurs in men. Like, there are, pro- like, there are men, and it's probably the ones, because estrogen is a big player here, it's probably the men that, for whatever reason, have higher estrogen. Men who get put on certain medications, like men will be put on estrogen for hormone replacement or prostate treatment. They can get it then, especially if their testosterone levels are low. Like, it's very much gender-based. Um, of some interest, and this is, you know, that early ideas were like, oh, it's, it's just a pure body fat thing. It's carrying too much body fat. And the thing is, it's not. It actually doesn't require high body fat percentages. You will find cellulite in lean females, but you will not find it in obese men, right? So obesity per se or high, high body fat percentage per se is not really the driver on it. Um... There's been a lot of theories as to what causes it, and it's actually, it's really interesting for, for, all, for all the research they've done, like, there's not really completely, it's not completely known why. Um, couple, this has come from a couple different review papers, uh, there may be alterations to the actual, like, uh, skin architecture, and this isn't my area, but, like, skin is made, you know, the dermis and fibroblasts and all this other stuff that I don't pay any attention to, so I'm not going to try. But it is different between men and women. And for some reason, women's skin architecture may predispose them towards this just because of the nature of the connective tissues. There may be vascular changes, right? And this is part of, of gaining body fat. And this, we don't have time to talk about stubborn body fat, but body fat typically has low blood flow to begin with but it depends on where it is in the body. Visceral fat around the gut has very high levels of blood flow, which is both good and bad. If you look at men's abdominal fat, it's a little bit worse, and women's hip and thigh fat has the worst circulation. And most women, if they carry fat, if they touch it, it's like their glutes, the, the fat on their rear end will be cold to the touch. And that's because mm-hmm. there's just very, very, very poor blood circulation. And this this does tend to get worse with increasing body fat. Like, it's been forever since I looked at this, but as, but like, there's deep, deeper body fat closer into the body, and there's like superficial, and the superficial because it tends to have even a worse blood flow, which is why it tends to be lost, lost last. So maybe vascular changes. There's some kicking around that there's some inflammatory changes, and that's also a body fat issue. We now know that body fat is involved in immune system function, generates inflammatory compounds, and actually all this, a lot of this stuff about oh, inflammatory diets. It's like no. Body fat, excess body fat is inherently inflammatory. But one of the papers mentioned that women who touch cellulite can be a little painful to the touch. That may be that. Mm-hmm. But probably one of the big, there, there may be some water retention in the area due to estrogen, which may be part of it. But one of the biggest issues is probably there's altered connective tissue in the area. So basically there's strands, for lack of a better word, of connective tissue that's kind of in that area. And what's kind of essentially happening is that the body fat is pushing through those strands, right? And and I, I hope this this visual will um, scan. I hope it's not just a U.S. thing, but right, like at the holidays in the U.S., we have like honey ham, right? It's this sort of mm-hmm. kind of fatty ham, and they wrap it in this mesh. 
and the mesh is very tight. And what you see is that the fat kind of pokes through the mesh holes and looks kind of dimply and lumpy. That's basically what's going on here, right? Someone, a female friend of mine put it's like, yes, it's like honey ham wrapped in mesh. And that's kind of what this, what cellulite is not that, like it doesn't look that constant. It's like you have like grid squares, but that's kind of, and that thickening is due to estrogen, which is why it occurs post-puberty, occurs in most women, occurs in men given estrogen. There's a thickening of that connective tissue. So that's kind of the cause of it. There's like no specific dietary cause that I've ever seen mentioned. Um, <clears throat> so sugar per se doesn't do it. It's like one, yes, gaining body fat may not help, but it's really a lot of the luck of the draw. If you have a thickened connective tissue due to estrogen, you are probably going to have some cellulite almost no matter what happens. Um, and like, again, it may get worse if you gain a significant amount of body fat, but in kind of going to your clients, right, the key to avoiding that is A, to avoid massive surpluses, right? This is, this is, I wrote an article on my website that was kind of depressing. It was like muscle gain math. And I rough calculated, like given average rates of muscle growth at different stages of training and all that, like, and sort of the rough calorie cost of gaining a pound of muscle, what your daily surplus needs to be. And it's tiny, right? For men, beginning men, it may be two, three, four hundred calories. For beginning women, it's always about half that, right? By the time a woman is advanced, a man might need 100 calories extra per day, right? We're talking about like an extra piece of fruit or whatever, 25 grams of protein. A woman needs 50 calories. It's nothing, right? It's, it's absolutely, it's insignificant. What happens is when you get the you know, GFH, the get bigger, get bigger, go hard type thing, and you gain weight super, super, super quickly, that's when the body fat comes on. And if a woman's predisposed to cellulite, it's probably going to get a little bit worse because there, there can be, you know, depending on what's going on, there's eventually a storage of fat in the lower body for women, and we don't have time to get into what I mean by eventually. So that's kind of the cause of it, right? It's just a lot of it's luck of the draw. Any, some women have it worse than others. Some women don't have it at all. And if you've got it, um, the unfortunate fact is that most of the treatments that are out there don't work. Well, <laughs> I take that back. It depends on who you ask. Depending, part of the problem with, with cellulite treatment studies is most of it is done visually by either the clinician or the patient. And if humans are good at anything, we're good at a lot of things, diluting ourselves is one of them, <laughs> right? I have seen some amazing people that went through like laser lipolysis and some of the, the body contouring and their before and afters, they swear it worked. Just go to any of those websites, the before and afters they show, there's essentially no difference and they swear up and down and up and down that it worked. And you look at it and go, you spent $3,000 for nothing. So when you have, so it's funny when you have studies that are being led by a clinician who does the uh, analysis himself visually according to a visual scale, usually testing something they probably do at their clinic. It usually seems to show a benefit, and then somehow when you don't do that, it doesn't. And it's funny how that kind of works. Um, yeah. <laughs> so and so that so that you know it, it is it is technically possible to blind that right. It's technically possible to have the person doing and a study I'll mention at the very end did actually do that. Use blinded investigators, so they didn't know which subjects got which treatment, and they can give at least. But we are it is a subjective visual thing. So you know some of the 
some of the classic differences, uh, massage and the ideas that, oh, you can shift some of this fluid out of there or maybe break down the connective tissue. Endromology is one of them. Uh, you know, again, one study showed that almost 30% showed improvements by visual appearance. And it was funny because I read the original paper and they concluded that it was effective. And then I read a review and said actually it was only about 30%, which I don't think most people would give a lot of weight to. So maybe, but massage does a lot of other things that may be pushing fluid out of the area. You have to wonder, and I'd have to look, you know, when did they do the measurement? Like all that body wrap stuff, you're like, oh, I lost inches. When did they measure you? The next day, yeah, you're dehydrated. Measure in three more days and see what happens. It's not permanent. And that's yeah. the so that so the massage has been thrown or or they'll oh it increases blood flow which it doesn't it physically breaks down the fat and causes it to be released in the bloodstream which is physically impossible like there's a lot of of nonsense so but massage in and of itself probably doesn't do a whole lot and another study because frequently they'll measure thigh just thigh thickness on top of everything else and no difference in thigh measurement body fat's not going down. So massage or loofahs and all that stuff, it's the same idea. We're going to mechanically stimulate it to either try to break down the connective tissue, which, I, again, I just don't think is physically possible, and it would be super painful if it were, and or somehow stimulate the fat cells metabolically, and that just doesn't work either. Um, bunch of topical creams have been thrown about, and this has actually been around for a while. There's studies back to, like, at least the 90s where they use topical fat loss creams on women's thighs. And usually with stuff like we put them on a diet, we put on an exercise program, one group put this stuff on one leg but not the other. And and some of them have shown it, and it's usually aminophylline, uh, which is, it's used for a lot of things. But one of the things it's used for is a diuretic, which means it causes the body to lose water. And in as much as I'm not sure that topical, any of this stuff even gets through the skin, I, I'm not an expert on that, so find somebody else. But I'm not convinced, because if it did, man, you could carry so much gross stuff into the bloodstream. That's why they don't, DMSO has got that problem. Anything that can get this stuff through the, the skin into the body could carry a lot of dirt and, and crud potentially. And so, in at least one of the studies, from what I recall, they did see a big change. And a couple weeks later, the change went away, right? If it were true fat loss, that would not be the case. If it were local dehydration, it would be. Yeah. They've looked at a bunch of other topical stuff. I saw one like vitamin A, whole bunch of stuff, botanicals. You know, they've been trying to throw stuff at this for years, and none of it really does a whole heck of a lot. Um, they've talked about something called PPARs, which are peroxisome proliferation activated receptors or something like that. These are These are nuclear things within the fat cell that, I was actually remember talking about 12, 15 years ago. They affect fat cell metabolism. The only thing I don't think you can get at them topically, uh, fish oils do good things, but everyone should be taking fish oils for a million other reasons. Yeah. I, I couldn't find a single paper that had examined it specifically for cellulite, but if anything is maybe going to happen, but it has too many, but should, women should be taking them anyway. Um, there was a new study, 2007. They put them on a diet walking and again did aminophylline cream to one leg versus the other the treatment group did see although i think it was their waist not their thigh and uh, that's a different situation they saw an 11 centimeter decrease versus the, in the cream versus five but again the dehydration issue is big here so i'm, I'm not 
you, you would need to look at like fat metabolism or look at fatty acid levels in the bloodstream, go, okay, is this actually mobilizing fat? And my gut, my gut says no. Most of the ones that seem to work <laughs> are surgical. Um, liposuction has been done, and that just generally reduces fat. One study actually reported that the dimpling got worse. So maybe not on that one, right? Because liposuction is doing some weird stuff. It's not pulling the fat out evenly. It's doing a lot of tissue trauma. That, that, that seems to be like that's pretty hard on the body. Um, one thing I find interesting, I, again, I haven't – let me look real quick. There's a new thing called cryolipolysis that uses um, uh, local cold exposure that by, doesn't damage the skin but causes the fat cells to basically freeze and die. And um, it, it, I've, I've looked at the studies. It seems to work. It's really interesting. Like it takes about six to eight weeks to have an effect. How much is it money-wise? Um, here it's like four to $500 per area. And what that would mean, like one area would be like one front thigh or one iliac crest for men. So you're having to get at least two to get both sides. Frequently, you need, people will do multiple areas. I knew somebody who did it, and I talked to the, the technician. They go, yep, and it causes them inflammation. It's not. It's really boring. It's two hours of sitting there having cold applied. She goes, yep, we had a person come in. They wanted three areas done at once, and we said, don't do it. They did uh, iliac crest above the hip bone, lower ab, and upper ab. And we got it. they called us a week later and said, oh, my God, I've made a horrible mistake because their entire area was just painful and inflamed. So that, that might be, I actually, it's funny, I looked up a paper, I looked it up to see if anybody had done it, and there's a, a like a, um, somebody registered a clinical trial in 2010, looking at it for treatment of cellulite, and I don't think it was ever published, which tells you, which kind of gives you the answer. Um, it, negative. <laughs> it tells you that they got a negative result, so they didn't even publish it. But that, that's, that's something possible. Um, there's, this is brutal. There's one called subcision. So they, oh my God, they basically go in, right? So I told you about that connective tissue. They go yeah. in and they cut it with a knife. <laughs> this is like invasive surgery. Uh, can cause pain, obviously, uh, discoloration of the skin, a skin puckering. Like this is surgery. Um, a new technology called VelaSmooth uses uh, RF, and I've just forgot. It's basically a high-frequency wave. And there's been some really interesting stuff, right? Because the issue we have with a lot of massage and these treatments is like, okay, how do we get to the muscle without damaging the skin? Or the, and, and they're finding that different frequency waves will affect only one tissue or another. They played around with this for athletic recovery. Like, oh, if we use a certain frequency, it'll only affect the muscle. It won't damage the skin. So they use a specific... That plus massage. Um, I, I looked at the papers and I completely forgot what they were. And I, I, in a percentage of people, it seemed to show a small effect. And I don't know what the reasoning is. If it's just some people get a little bit more of an effect. And maybe it's just, like I said, this is all basically the clinician and the patient going, yeah, I think it looks better according to a visual scale. And I don't think that's very accurate. Um, here's another brutal one called triactive. Uh, it uses a laser, which similar to the, the RF frequencies, the idea is to penetrate without damaging anything. But it also uses incision drainage, right? So the, the study I showed, they actually they, they marked off the back of the thigh with squares. So what they do is they shoot the laser in, 
to try to, I don't know, liquefy the fat, I don't know exactly, then they have to cut the skin open and mechanically drain the fluid. This seems, uh, <laughs> this seems excessive to me. Like, this is invasive surgery. Like, I get it. I get, like, this is, cellulite is reported as, like, one of the most annoying, like, dermatological visual things, like, that women really, really, really dislike. I do get that. But this is some pretty, until they come up with, like, unless cryolipolysis turns out to work or something that's not invasive, this seems like a lot of work to go to. I wonder how much of that is the visual uh, disturbance, how much is just excess body fat versus just the cellulite itself. Because I don't know, but me personally, if a woman is lean, like she has some muscle and like, I don't really care even if she has some, I mean, usually uh, when it's visually dis disturbing, that's accompanied by a ton of body fat and not a whole lot of muscle mass. So it seems to me that uh, the practical implementations are still the same, just get leaner and get more muscular and it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it, it doesn't seem to necessarily be, like, I don't know that losing body fat, it helps some visually. Um, I don't know that it helps universally, but it, and, and certainly gaining a lot of lower body fat is not going to help the process, but it's kind of, if you've got it, I will say re regarding that triactive, that, that laser system plus incision draining, they did do the one study I found that was with blinded investigators and did show an improvement that remained for a year. So it wasn't purely, um, you know, just short-term fluid changes, but it's, it's invasive surgery. Like this is not, this, this is a lot to go through. And like I said, going forwards, we may very well find treatments for this that can, you know, I'm sure someone is now thinking, oh, maybe, what about estrogen? Maybe, okay, number one, before anybody thinks about this, methane and indole-3-carbonyl, which everybody said helped with stubborn fat and reduced toxic estrogen, doesn't do anything. It does not affect body fat. It affects a super minor estrogen pathway involved in breast cancer which is very beneficial, do not get me wrong. So do cruciferous vegetables, they're what contain this stuff. However, this does not affect lower body fat at all. I don't even know that lowering estrogen in women is necessarily gonna, like connective tissue turns over very, very, very slowly, meaning that it, it breaks down and rebuilds up. This takes a really long time. Is it possible that reducing estrogen in women overall might in the long term have this effect? I honestly don't know but we're, we'd be talking about years, right? This is something that develops at puberty. As soon as a woman's body starts producing progesterone and estrogen, you'd have to probably keep it lower for a while, and that has a number of other really potentially negative issues on bone mineral density and, and a lot of other things. So, so unfortunately, in one review paper said very simply, there is no effective treatment for cellulite. And I know that's super depressing, and it's a billion-dollar industry, and it all seems to just have, you know loofahs and creams and supplements and you know other than these super invasive surgeries there just doesn't seem to be anything that really has a meaningful effect other than you know to your point possibly losing hip and thigh fat which is its own problem for women another time um, avoiding excessive fat gain if you have that thick and connective tissue and I wish I could be more helpful but that, that really does seem to be where we stand right now. It's just if you got it, you got it, and you may not be able to do much about it. It's just a you know, really frustrating situation when client comes to me and they're like, well, you know, I'm whatever, I'm 10 kilo underweight where I'm supposed to be, and I would like to gain some muscle, but, you know, I'm really scared of gaining satellite and whatnot, and I'm like, 
uh, you gotta pick your poison. I mean, <laughs> you either put on weight slowly and you accept whichever may come with it or you just, whatever, stay skinny and you stay skinny. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, that's that's basically it. I mean, that's kind of what it really comes down to is you can either sort of increase your muscle mass and get toned or whatever um, or, um, or not. But the cellulite probably is not going to go away. Again, you might avoid making it a little bit worse, but that's really kind of all you, all you got. And the key to that is just don't use big surpluses. Don't get um, uh, don't gain a ton of lower body fat because like that's its own issue for women. I talked about this in the women's book. Um, there, there's one paper and women of a moderate body fat percentage. We're talking like high twenties, low thirties. When they when men gain body fat, they they get bigger fat cells, predominantly in the abdominal area. But when women gain a lot of body fat from that moderate level, they make new fat cells in the lower body, which is much harder to get rid of. So you know, certainly if you've got a female client who's in that high twenty, you know, you might lean them out first. Then again, if they start training and eating right, they'll lose fat and gain muscle at the same time. But you certainly, you know, and you wouldn't do this anyway. You're not going to start a woman at 28% and go, oh yeah, we're going to, we're going to, time to bulk. We're, yeah, we're, we're going to get big, right? We're going to GFH and go dirty bulk. Exactly. We're talking about a small surplus around predominantly training um, to support muscle growth, which is going to be a very gradual process. Um, and that's kind of all you can do. Hopefully gaining a little more muscle mass and like I said, quote unquote tone will probably like actually you know what I'd like to see as I think about it. Ah, never mind. It was gonna go down a dumb path with maybe bigger glute muscles could like push out the dimpled stuff, but I don't think it's gonna work that way. And if it did, it would give Brett Contreras a whole new income stream. But enough of that. I try <laughs> not to go down any of those roads and be mean too, too mean to people. Uh, who knows? I actually I have uh, I I will be recording a podcast with Brett soon. I might ask him, hey, has he encountered this problem? Yeah, and like, and I'd be, well, I'd be curious. Like, I could see it going two ways, right? Because women often do report this. They start training and they, especially if their thighs get bigger, and actually they are unhappy, right? Because the fat doesn't come off. And in a sense, it will make their thighs thicker in a way they may not be satisfied with. So like there is, so it's like, so with, you know, with the glute thing, I, I could, and cellulite, like I could see it going both ways. I could see it almost making it worse, although I doubt it. Um, I don't, I don't, women aren't going to gain that much muscle over that, that length of time, but, um, or in that short period of time and they're going to be losing body fat anyway. But yeah, I'd be curious if he's, cause let's face it, you know, he's looked, you know, he's looked at his trainees to see he's looked at them. I, sorry, I'm trying, like, I really, I'm like, I don't want to try to get too mean and nasty with folks. And I do that enough of that. But yeah, dude, dude's got a problem. Anyway, he, I'd be curious to hear what, what his clients are reporting visually in terms of when they, when they build their booty, uh, what's happening with that area one way or another, like good or bad. So that would be something I'd be really curious to hear about. Okay, then I will make sure to ask him and I'll let you know what he said. Yeah, yeah, I just, yeah, be genuinely curious, so. And that's kind of all I got on cellulite. Like I said, I wish I could give better news, and hopefully something will come around. They'll eventually figure it out. Yeah, but as, at the current moment, short of expensive, invasive, painful surgery where they got to cut things, there doesn't seem to be anything that does a lot of good. Yep, and I would have to tell them that, hey, high carb or cream of rice or uh, flavored yogurt isn't your enemy, so eat up and... Uh... 
don't worry about uh, putting on satellite because you know uh, I want to get into logical arguments like it's funny when people try to make make logical arguments it's the sugar and I'm like okay I eat a ton of sugar why don't I have satellite because you're a guy but then is it the sugar or is it because I'm not a woman <laughs> you know and then their logic just breaks down because you just invalidated the whole argument because if it's the sugar, then it would have done the same thing on me as well. So yep, 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 yep. And I had I had a similar argument with this other guy at the gym. He doesn't eat simple carbs, carbs because they raise insulin. Yes. And I'm like, well, protein raises insulin too. But he was like, yeah, but that's protein. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, but you said insulin was the issue. Then what's the difference? And he was like. Um. Oh God, damn it! <laughs> yeah, and I, I, yeah, I've heard that kind of stuff all the time. Like, I remember, like, you know, branch chains for fasting. It's like I'm like, look, if you're raising insulin, you're not fast. It's like, but it's a different. It's oh God. What did they even say? It's like it's stored insulin rather than produced insulin from the pancreas. I'm like. Insulin is insulin, guys. Like I have news for you. This doesn't make an ounce of difference in the like. It, but the the mental gymnastics is absolutely amazing. Like somehow somehow insulin. I mean, if he wanted to go down a, an equally wrong path, he would have gone right. But protein raises glucagon too, which matters not because glucagon doesn't affect human fat cells. But that's usually the counter argument: is that yes, it raises insulin, but the glucagon. Yeah, and there's you can't. I mean, this this industry is filled with like more more nonsense than anything I've ever seen because you can make up any dumb idea and then make it sound logical and as long as you have abs you're right and there's nothing you can do about it so we have gone over two hours and it was <laughs> pleasure as always we have to do a part two or part three technically on stubborn fat loss because I'm I'm really curious about that um, just today I was asked about ephedrine and stuff so it would be Really interesting to to follow up on that. I will say one thing in that regards, and I'm going to recommend this extremely tentatively, right? I mentioned that blood flow into that area is a problem, right? Oral yohimbine, which is a, well, there's a bark version, which you should never use because it's awful, right? Oral yohimbine has been, like, it, it increases blood flow. It does a number of things that are beneficial, and it addresses an issue that we'll talk about later in women's lower body fat specifically. I don't know that it will necessarily specifically help cellulite, but one of its effects is to increase blood flow. So it's not going to hurt in that regards, certainly. However, a couple things. One, if you look at look it up, you'll see that it's was used as an erectile dysfunction medicine. You'll see that women shouldn't use it because they used to think it raised testosterone, and it doesn't. It is working through it is working through a blood flow pathway. Women actually get similar benefits, effects from it. You will get increased blood flow to your down there's. Be just be aware. It can cause anxiety in some people. Some people really don't feel good on it. And I'm actually not even going to talk about doses. We'll talk about that later. But that is one thing that occurred to me that might potentially have a possible, but it would be more through a general reduction in hip and thigh fat. I don't think it's going to necessarily target specifically um, what's going on with uh, with any of that. So I don't even know if that's legal. So Yeah, it's not. It's like in the U.S. we can get everything, and I forget that in a lot of countries it's not even available. So So anyway. From that, that'll be the long set. That'll be where we start when we talk about stomach fat next time. Thank you again for your time. And I'm very much looking forward to continuing this. All right. So that was episode 34 with Larry McDonald. And also that concluded our three-part uh, conversation with him. So I hope you 
enjoyed it, you find it helpful, you find it valuable. And I also hope you find it sort of a relief to know that if you're a woman listener, you're not alone. <laughs> and if you're a guy or a male or whichever pronoun is preferred to be used these days, maybe you can send this to your clients, to your girlfriend, to your wife, to your friends, and perhaps they will find comfort in this as well. So uh, I will end the episode with just one major takeaway since this was a shorter episode focused on a singular topic. And this is something that Lal himself has sort of stated, and that's the following. Really, there are no cheap or painless interventions you can do to reduce or get rid of cellulite. I think the proper wording would be reduce, because I don't think anything will get rid of it. Like he mentioned in the episode, there are some very invasive treatments that might work, but they are expensive. So if you are really, really affected by cellulite and you have money to spare, like a lot of money, thousands of dollars, then, uh, hey, you might want to try uh, some of the treatment I mentioned, especially the cryo-freezing stuff. But other than that, like, really, the only things you can do are things you should be doing anyway. So things like lifting weights, things like putting on muscle, things like not getting too fat, things like um, consuming plenty of whole foods to ensure that you don't have any nutrient deficiencies, which could cause some sort of hormonal malu or shift that could um, potentially also um, make cellulite issues worse. Things like managing stress and sleeping enough. All those things will probably result you in looking and feeling better. So these are pretty much things you should be doing anyway. So I'm sorry, but (laughs) I don't think this will bring you any good news or anything you haven't really heard before. These are the basics really for a reason. So cellulite, not much to do about it. Do the usual stuff. Don't get too fat, lift weights. Other than that, good luck. So thank you for listening. As always, I appreciate every single one of you tuning in into these episodes. Next episode is going to be part two of my conversation with uh, Greg Knuckles. And after that episode, I have something very cool planned. Hopefully, we'll manage to synchronize our schedules and we'll be able to record a very cool episode for you. So stay tuned for those. Thank you again and have an awesome week.